Yeah, sweet. Recording. Sweet recording. Because sometimes, sometimes we have some really good pre-show banter. That's true. Well, from the last one, I, I, I cut out the bit about where, like, you were talking about poop again. <laughs> and, uh... <clears throat> oh, boy. <clears throat> yeah. Why? I was like, but why? I was like, I was like, three strikes and you're out. <laughs> but why would you cut off a bit about poop? That seems important. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I was editing it, and there was, there was, there was already a lot of references to, like, uteruses falling out and stuff. And I just figured that there was a threshold for gore mm-hmm. and, like, poop. Uh, and that we had met our quota. That's fair. Did we talk about uteruses falling out before Francis joined us? Uh, I, I don't think we did. Oh, no. Boy. But then it became a frequent topic of conversation. Yep, it's true. So, But that's all right. That's all right. That's the feminine touch. Francis, you should be careful. I heard being on podcast can make your uterus fall out. Uh, damn it, so many things can do that nowadays. It seems like a lot of people would pay for that treatment, though. Wouldn't they? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, d- depending, depending. <laughs> Alright, we're gonna, we're gonna move on. Moving on! Oh, goodness. Oh, I actually, so you don't need to feel too bad about being late, Francis. I, I actually, myself, rolled in from the training ride at, like, 610 i was like oh geez oh geez yeah i was i was did the like i put stuff on the stove and like hopped in the shower and i was like all right i'm gonna do this <laughs> but not having food and then trying to do the podcast was not an option i i would have no, just no, no. wilted <laughs> could have just pulled a manio and eaten during the podcast he doesn't seem to have a problem with that <laughs> gotta try not to do that i do not <laughs> i have i no think there's a mute button somewhere i don't know where it is though in theory, you could just, it'd be fine if you could, uh... I, I, there is it. a mute button, but I feel like it, uh... Oh, it's the little blue microphone button. Yeah, you click that, but then also, you've got the QuickTime recording going as well, and so it's like, you still hear the chewing on that, and it's like... Oh, right. Yeah, you, you'd have point. to, like, dual mute at the same time, and I wouldn't want to stop the QuickTime recording, because that would mess everybody up. I've thought about this before, believe me. <laughs> oh, what we need, what we need is, um... We need listeners. Listeners. I know you're out there. We need them to sign up to become members of the Wide Angle Podium Network and donate to the Honest Bicycle Program. So I can get a and that blender us to, get... to make smoothies and just drink it through a straw? <laughs> well, Ooh, that's another that's just another an option, IV drip but, of a smoothie. But we could, we could, with the sort of money that we can get from um, members, members who want to support uh, our fine podcast, as well as other fine podcasts on the Wide Angle Podium Network, we can get things like microphones with inline mute swishes. Uh, Ooh, fancy! So. I already have one right. of those, though. I mean, I think that people should uh, should you know support our podcast and the other fine programs on the Wide Angle Podium Network. But uh, I already have a microphone. With... And did you see what I just did there? Yep, yep, I, I yep. did. I did. I see. So, so as it turns out, you're just too lazy <laughs> to. Uh... I I just discovered that button. Fancy mute button. <laughs> Um, so, uh, um, anyway, yeah, I was, so I was just up, I'm not, like, the kind of person who goes and does hard workouts and, like, throws up, but, um, it was a little, it was tempting. (laughs) Ooh, a throwing up workout. You went on the Vomit Comet? (laughs) Yeah, it was the Vomit Comet, aka, uh, the Blue Hills, uh, Observatory Access Road. Sounds like fun. Ugh, yeah. 
Fun. 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 <laughs> uh, I don't know. You guys do any good? Uh, wait, actually, no. Let's introduce the, sh- the show, and then we can hear from you guys about, I don't know, whatever it is that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about something. But this is the Honest Bicycle Program. Uh, I'm Greg, coming to you from Boston. I'm Francis, coming to you from West Hampton. And I'm Matteo, for a little while longer, coming to you from Minneapolis which is in Minnesota. Are you moving to Mars or something? I'm moving to Philadelphia in a month. Ooh, I hear there was a very exciting bike race that happened there recently. Tell us about that, Francis. <laughs> <laughs> that, seems like a, that seems like an extremely subtle segue. <laughs> it was just the perfect segue. I couldn't ignore it. That's a very good point. It was, it was excellent. It was excellent. I can't... Uh... Oh. Um, so for those so, who, yeah. for those who don't know, the, uh, Philadelphia Cycling Classic, um, which is on the, uh, World Tour, is that correct? World, the Women's World, world Tour now, women's world not tour. the men's. Right, that's right, just the women, Women's World Tour, um, the Women's World Tour loop, as it were, uh, was on this past, uh, Sunday, June 5th, and it is an exceptionally exciting race, uh, in particular, I guess, for me, because I have history with it. I have raced it twice. Um, with the pro women, so I can tell lots of stories about what it is like to race a race like that. Um, but in general, I think also it was just a really uh, exciting race with some kind of really hot competition. Yeah. So when did you do when did you do the Philly Classic? Which two times? Uh, not last year, but the year before that, and the year prior to that. So 2013, 2014. And I did those okay, on. Cool. I was invited um, to guest ride for it because that is an invite-only race. You cannot just sign up for it. Very exclusive. And that's the kind of race where you've got, like, a caravan and you're going to have to go back to the cars and get water and all that cool stuff that we like to talk about. Oh, yeah. It's like, it was super pro tour. It was a totally different bike racing experience from anything I've ever done local circuit or even really on, like, the, the NRC circuit that but um yeah it was it was quite an adventure it was very very dangerous <laughs> to say the least <laughs> why is that Sounds pretty exciting um well the first year that i did it they were still kind of they went through a bunch of schedule changing in the last couple of years to kind of like iron out how they wanted the race to run for those of you who don't know it's basically um so the Philly Cycling Classic has this one monster of a climb in it. It's not super long, but it's incredibly steep. I think the uh, steepest grades are 17%. It's called the Maniunk Wall, and it is a bitch slap. Um, and so you have to climb that every lap in the race, and then you like drop down onto the, the main kind of thoroughfares through the Maniunk neighborhood in Philly. Um, and they're these pretty wide roads, like two or three lane roads going one way in each way, but they close off uh, the entire boulevard, I guess it would be, boulevard for the race. And the first year I did it, what they were trying to do, because it's actually an out and back, you go out and you climb Lemon Hill and you come back on the same road, you do the Maniunk Wall, you do a quick loop on there and hit back on the same road. Uh, so they had pylons in the center of the road uh, dividing it. And so this gave us like, you know, two to three lanes to work with um, going out and then going back. They want us to ride on the other side. The issue is that this race is so aggressive and it's with these top tier women that the gun goes off and you're at the top of the Maniunk wall. So you start on a downhill and you're immediately spinning out your biggest gear, just trying to stay on the pack. 
and positioning is so key because there are so many like um sprints and the qoms that people want to get points for and they just want to be really well positioned for the maniunk wall because if you get stuck in the back of the pack you're kind of screwed going up maniunk the first time so everyone's jockeying for position and what ended up happening is that the race officials were like you will use two sides of the road and the the women were like no we won't so we're going down it and the pack is just like bunched together and it's just bubbling out the sides and what's happening is that there's women like pushing in on the corners trying to get better positioning and dodging the pylons at the last second and this is all well and good for them but the problem is that the rider behind her is hitting the pylon at full speed (laughs) so i'm in the back of the pack because of course it's the first like race i've done like this and i'm like holy crap and i'm seeing these women like go up like bottle rockets just like hitting pylons and, you know, you get the race officials are trying to push the bubble in, but, like, the women are like, no, we're not going to want to get to the front. So, um, yeah, it, it was just insane. The first lap was literally just, like, taking out all the pylons to the point that I, I think they actually pulled them forth because we were like, well, we're just going to kill each other with them. If we um, so that, that was my <laughs> experience like the first year. <laughs> Was, Sounds like like yellow line enforcement in like a Cat Three race, except like setting up something. traps for people behind. Literally, these yeah. women would ride straight for the pylon and then dodge at the last second, and the woman behind would have no time to dodge and would literally go into it at twenty seven miles an hour. That definitely sounds savage. It was savage. It was brutal. Like people were just like, "I'm going to get this position, and you, my friend, you may die because I'm going to get this position. That's okay with me." Yeah. Well, that sounds fun. Uh-huh. So so this is this is on this is a newer version of the course, right? That you did this on? Didn't it go away briefly for like a year or something? It may have. I'm not sure exactly what the course history is there. I know at at the moment, um I think the first year I did it they were running the men and the women at the same time, which was a total disaster because obviously there's lapping and oh. crazy stuff that happens. So now they run the races yeah. at two distinct separate times. So there's no overlap. They give us the whole road both ways. They do very aggressive pulling. If you fall off the pack, they're basically like, they yank you out of the race and you're like, you're done. Because you obviously can't be coming one way as the pack is barreling down on you the other way. Yeah, that's crazy that they use the same stretch of road. Yeah. I'm, in just both directions. I mean, they're, they, the only way it works is they're really good at, they just, as soon as you're off the pack, they're just like, you're out of the race, you're done. So, um, also savage. Uh, very savage. Yeah. So you do lap one, and you're like, "Oh my god!" And then, and then lap two happens, and I don't know how does it proceed from there. Um, well, I mean, I quickly realized I was totally fucked. Um, you know, as you do <laughs> racing your first real like pro tour road race. Um, oh yeah, I totally know what that's like. <laughs> uh, well, I, I had yeah, the common experience. <laughs> I'd been working, uh, not like super hard, but like hard in terms of adrenaline to try and like keep my spot in the pack but it was so aggressive and so tight we were going so fast that i kept losing spots and shuffled to the back because it's like you know you're getting with the tailwind and the headwind on on going one way sometimes we're going over 35 miles an hour and super tight bunch pylons everywhere and i was just like oh my god i'm gonna die um so i did not obviously enter the um and and when you go into the maniunk wall you go through this section go over a couple of cobbles and it actually narrows so it puts you into this little chute and you go up the chute on the wall and of course i enter that like near the back of the pack <laughs> as you do 
um, yeah. hoofed my way up the wall and then quickly realized that the pack was gone. Because um, they basically crest, and once you hit them, there's no way that you're back because they're descending like as fast as they can. And if you don't have the um, advantage of being attacked and getting ripped along, you're just not going to run. So I think I spent the rest of the race chasing because that was the year where the pylons were in and they were not pulling people. Um, and I think I remember also that my back gave out completely because I was pushing so hard. That I rolled across the finish line, and someone had to peel me <laughs> off my bike, and I had to lay down for a while. Ugh. So it was just—it was totally brutal. I don't know how those women do it. It's just like a, another level of aggressiveness, in competition, and just like—I don't know. There were so many crashes that first lap, and I got stuck behind a bunch of them. People just go down like bowling pins, get up on their bikes, and sprint away like it was nothing. Said totally. That that's always a, a really, it's always a really intense feeling to when you're, you start a race, and and you realize uh, I'm I'm in the draft and I'm yet like way over my head. It's not like you can just sit in the draft and be like, okay, cool, I'm in the draft. I'm gonna you know let the pack pull me along. That's not how it works. I think that's something yeah. that like everybody everybody thinks every you know amateur bike racer thinks you know when they're watching pro racing on TV they think like. I bet I could just, like, sit in and be fine for, like, most of this. <laughs> and they are so wrong. Yeah. Well, just the dynamics get so much... Even if you've done, um, you know, you get to be a Cat 3 and, and you can do some Cat 1, 2, 3 races. And for me, at least, that was pretty eye-opening. Uh, and that's just local races, right? Like, not anything... Um, particularly fast or competitive in the grand scheme of things, but just being like, oh, this is a different level of aggressive and hard, and uh, the fight is real uh, in the peloton. Oh yeah, the fight and is real. It's like you, yeah. So it's like you, you can't just be like cruising up to the front along, like, oh, there's a gap. I'm just gonna slide on up to the front. No, nope, like, because fifteen work people way. want it, and it. You know, there's this, I don't know if it's the same way in Cat 4, Cat 5 racing for the dudes, but when I remember when I was in that category for the women, there's this feeling of like, oh, this is fun, we're all doing an athletic event together, yay, we're all friends! And then you get into the elites, and it's like, I'm gonna fucking kill you! <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a little bit more excess testosterone uh, in the men's races, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> as you might expect, but still... Uh, yeah, I mean, it does. It does really change where where uh, pe people just are coming at it with a different attitude, and yeah, like, well, the, if if you're if, like in a Cat Four race, whether men's or women's, and you're like, and the people around you are going to perceive you to be a jerk mm -hmm. who's taking it too seriously, but if you're in an elite race, that's just that's just par for the course, and you kind of have to be pretty. Crazy, not crazy. You have to be you, you pushy. You have to be pretty aggressive, and you have to be you pushy, to be pushy. Or you're screwed. If you're not pushy, so then, then you you, yeah. you get filtered backwards. Basically, there there's no such thing in an elite race. There's no such thing as holding your position. It's either you're moving no. forward, and which is basically holding your position, or you're moving backwards. It's kind of like being yeah. on a treadmill. You're constantly moving forward, but you're not actually gaining space. Yeah, it's the washing machine. It is the washing machine of the peloton. So Philly's pretty wild, and and um, 
This year, so, you know what's crazy is, like, this year it's up that extra notch from the years you did it. Yep, it was not a like, not a world tour for the women who did it. So it has to have been even more bonkers. I mean, it's it's <laughs> also the did. same women doing it as as who did it when I did Philly. It's still the same, oh, I really? think, caliber okay. of race. I remember coming down the um, down the thoroughfare and realizing that Evelyn Stevens was in front of me and having that like fangirl <laughs> moment where I'm like, oh, I'm in a peloton with Evelyn Stevens. <laughs> And then being like, being like, should I touch her butt? And then being like, no, don't do that. <laughs> and she was also like ensconced in a like protective bubble of her teammates, so I figured they would crash me out if I tried to touch her. <laughs> there would have been so many elbows. <laughs> oh, so man. speaking of people who are the best in the world at what they do, <laughs> how do you pronounce the name of the woman who won uh, the Philly Cycling Classic this year? Are, uh, we, are we spoiling it then? I, I mean, I Megan Garnier, that's French. Yeah, I think, Garnier. I don't. I don't know. Is it, is it Garnier? I've I've just heard it a lot of different ways, and nobody. I, so Megan, if know. you're out there listening, please send us a voicemail <laughs> with the proper pronunciation, or just give us a name. phonetic pronunciation. Um, you could also send us, you know, a Bulls Dolman cycling cap signed. <laughs> that would be cool. By just everybody on. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a, uh, I mean, no big deal. Request. Like, no pressure or anything. Um, but uh, we think you're pretty rad. So uh, that among would be... the raddest ever. Yeah. Your finish so, in Philly saw... was super rad. Oh my god! Yeah. So I didn't get to. I've I've seen the UCI highlights video, and I've only had time to watch it once because, as I think we mentioned in the pre-roll to the show, I I was running a little late. Uh, it took me a little while to get here. Um, but it, it was like, there were these women just like drilling it at the base of the climb. The awesomeness was, we're near the top and I don't know was. who her teammate was who did it, but the, her teammate who did like the quote unquote eat out, I'm only calling it that because she got to the base of the wall and fucking sprinted as hard as she could. They all were sprinting. And then like this, I didn't recognize the kit. I feel bad, but this very, very orange kit, it looked like super Euro fluorescent orange. Not sure what team that was. And she's like, ah, like crushing it. And actually, maybe it was, um... I think it was Bulls Dolman. Uh, oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, well, anyway. I think it was Megan's oh, teammate. Oh, then that was her teammate, yeah. yeah. And, and that was her, that was her lead like, out. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and Garnier's just, like, chilling on her wheel like it's no thing. And she's, like, sprinting <laughs> up this climb. And then she, like, looks over her shoulder and just, like, goes even harder. Yep. And just had this huge multi bike length gap at the line it was like wow okay yeah it was it was an incredible <laughs> Very effort. impressive the, she yeah. also the um i i saw her interview after the race and the interviewer was like so you know it looked like you have saved a little bit in the tank to have a little extra kick as you got close to the line and you know this is challenging you and megan garnier responds Saved a little bit in the tank? No way. Did you see? I was like totally pedaling squares. And I was like, really? What's she? And I went back and I looked at it and she just looks super smooth and strong. And like, if that's pedaling squares, <laughs> then like that really gives you another sense of the perspective between, you know, them and us. <laughs> yep. Seriously. Yeah. I, I like also I, the, the question yeah. that the interviewer asked her, like, oh, how was the like noise coming up the wall? And I know for experience, it's loud. There's a lot of fans. And she was like, there was noise. I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> yeah, which is a testament to how hard. She 
You know, I, I also, I appreciate the fact that, like, interviewers, like, try and get into, like, tactical analysis about, like, did you say some stuff? But really, I think there are certain moments in bike races that are just, like, boxed. And it's, or maybe that's a bad idea. They're just slugfest. And it's, like, just go bonk right now. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's what that finish is. It's, like, go nuts and survive and be at the top. Um, especially now with because so so uh, Philly didn't used to finish at the top of the Manion Qual. Um, it was a sprint, like I don't know somewhere else. Uh, a lot. I do think the course is maybe a little shorter than it used to be. I'm not 100 percent sure. There was like a short lap and a long lap or something. It was kind of weird. But yeah, it was it was a flat sprint and a flat running and so it used to be a race this is if i recall anyway that sprinters tended to win that no guys i think so back me back back me up I, here i, I, I believe so. that this is a change so it it really favors a different kind of um finish than it used to be and especially when you have something that finishes on a climb like that then yeah it really is about just like who can go the hardest uh on something like that. And when it's that steep and it's like the end of it, I don't know, how long is this race? For the, for the women? For the women. Anyway, it's, I think it's yeah. like six, five. You mean miles? Like miles, 100 kilometers yeah. or something? Yeah. Which is long enough um, to really empty you out. I, I feel um, like the winners really do it in like slightly less. Hmm. Maybe I, I'm totally okay. making that yeah. number up. That could be. That I just pulled out of my ass. I don't actually know. Well, you know what? I have the internet. Of... I have power of the internet. I bet I can find out. The women's <laughs> race is 57.6 miles, and the men's race is 106. Ah, I was close. What? 100 miles difference? That is bananas. That's crazy. I don't understand that. That's so weird. Anyway, all right. So it's, but that's like, you know, that's, that's enough. Like when you're racing hard, like, geez, I've done plenty of Cat 3 races that are 57 miles and I want to die. Yeah, that's plenty. <laughs> in <laughs> the end. <laughs> so, so yeah. And then it's like, who, yeah, who has anything left to go super duper hard? And especially because it's like, yeah, you know, you can chill out and do less work in the pack than like the people who are going crazy trying to get a break and chasing the breakdown and whatever. But, you know, you're not doing nothing. So, you know, and, and then you have to fight for position, which takes so much energy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tons of energy. I think under underappreciated, maybe, sometimes. Just trying to hold a, a position in the in the pack is, um, you know, and it's a skill and you get better at it. But it's tough. So, and, and yeah, then to go and just unleash just a crazy, you know, VO2 or you know, anaerobic effort like that on a climb that steep. Yeah. So yeah. the results say that Megan finished in 259.20. So I was correct. Right under three hours. It's pretty good. Hmm? Pretty good. Yeah. No, good Good call. I didn't even know who won. I guess I can look at the results now because I have the thing here. But, but for the men's, no one even knows who won because everyone was focused. Oh, and this doesn't even give the results on this page, which was hilarious. Um. So good job, Philly Classic. Your website is kind of broken, but the coverage is like entirely dominated by Chris Horner's bike throw. <laughs> oh God, that was just yep. Which yep. isn't even it wasn't even a bike throw so much as uh, no. A bike he he picked it up and chucked bounce. it. 
He definitely picked it up and chucked but he, like, it. I guess so, but he like threw it downwards. The intention was there. Yeah, I suppose so. It 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 was no, you know, it was no Bjorn Reese nineteen ninety seven Tour de France <laughs> bike throw. Like the, the worst thing about it is that I, I see some people and I'm gonna come out and have like opinions on this whole situation and you guys can feel free to disagree with me because that's what we do and we have a good time doing it. Please have a But there's some like there is some like serious clucking on Facebook about how disrespectful it was to his sponsors and his competitors and God and country for him to chuck his bike because he was mad. Mostly, and I God. just think that that is moralizing crap. <laughs> uh, I mean, but that—that's the thing is that people love to have something to get all worked up about. Yeah, that's why yes. you know people are chomping at the bit for that sort of stuff to happen, and I'm sure. When people watched it happen at Philly on the live feed, they were like, oh, yes, I'm going to get on Twitter right now. Oh, well, everyone's Seriously. looking for their, their And like, like yes, Twitter I, love, oh, I yeah. love seeing people get emotional in bike race. But yeah, I'm not, I mean, not going to like make part of the entertainment, like my criticism of him for getting exactly what I'm. Yeah, I mean, I everybody mean, everybody gets emotional, and it's like, you know, it is universally kind of bad form to do the bike throw, but it just so happened that the camera was right on him when he did it, and therefore <laughs> everybody has opinions about it. Yep. I mean, the, the in, you know, I guess my counterpoint is, it just looks so petulant. It's true. It, I don't know. It's It's just kind of pathetic. And it's not like, um, I agree that it's moralizing, I think that's, it, it gets a little bit heavy-handed but you know and pointing out that like he just looks like a child and it's like here's you know america's oldest professional cyclist or whatever uh you know uh, he's, he's gonna retire soon right like i don't i will he come on chris will he i i just uh i this is actually i think the reason that he's catching so much flack is that people are sick of him sticking around really uh, and yeah. I think people have realized now. I just want to say I realized this years ago. I just want to say I, <laughs> I was I was thinking Chris Horner was a self-aggrandizing tool long before it was <laughs> cool to think that Chris Horner is a self-aggrandizing tool. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, Chris, if you're like if you're listening, uh, I just don't like and, you very much. And we lost but, a fan. <laughs> yeah, and we lost Chris Horner's listenership. Um. It's okay. Racing bikes is cool. Um, uh, please, please review us positively, Chris. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, when when but, he when you he know, it's just. Delta. I think it's part of this. This the the thing is like he's just especially in the last few years just had this pattern of behavior that that has annoyed people where people feel like he's sticking around, like he's he's making all kinds of claims about how great he is um, that that people don't think kind of match up to reality. Um, oh, I didn't mean to do that. Uh, anyway, sorry, computer thing. Uh, <laughs> and and then on top of that, when, you know, he, he throws a bike, and I think that's just so much more of an opportunity to just rip into him. When, like, honestly, you can't really blame someone for being mad. And I guess, like, when you're sponsored and they're just like, hey, here's a bike, then... You know, it's relatively easy to be like, whatever, this is not my bike. Yeah, I mean, to <laughs> and, tack on to that it. also, it's kind of like, 
you know, I, I don't think doing the bike throw is, is a good thing to do, especially when you're a professional athlete, but kind of to play devil's ad- advocate from that is just, you know, these guys and women are, you know, their lives are very crafted and they have to be very careful what they say on camera, how they act, how they do this, what they present on social media. It's all very, you know, curated and tightly controlled. And, you know, sometimes that slips. You're in the middle of a bike race, you know, your heart rate's high, your chain drops, it gets stuck in your SRAM chain catcher and can't continue doing your job. And, you know, everybody gets frustrated at their job. You know, we don't have bikes to throw, but, you know, you can't say that we haven't all been like, I need to go walk out of the hall right now because I'm dealing with a customer or a computer or what have you that's really making me angry. I need to cool off. It's like, well, fortunately for a professional athlete, they have to do it on camera. Yeah. But. Yeah, which which is exactly, and like, yeah, which is exactly why I find the moralize like, as much as it is bad form, the moralizing around it is nonsense because, like, it's just stuff that happens. Yeah, I mean, if you have a rider who makes a habit of doing the bike throw that's that's kind of a different issue yeah. but you know i mean i'm not saying it's a good thing to do the bike throw but you know sometimes stuff slips out yeah and, and on that note too just in general with the criticism as well as like and, and being on camera and whatever you know we we think that we know these people um but we don't no we don't not and at all. like maybe you know maybe he had a fight with his wife the night before or something or you know uh, uh, maybe his dog is sick, you know, like <laughs> there's any number of, of, of potential other things going on. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like in his life, any other person, it's like, it, it would be ridiculous if, you know, say you pulled like me or Matteo onto Twitter and started like ripping into something we did in a, in a, like a local ride and like a thousand people started doing it and be like, Oh God, <laughs> why is this happening? Just like, <laughs> you know, what, what odd. gives us the right to like, I don't know, just. So, this is wrong. I know what is right and what is wrong. And I'm going to tell you, Chris Horner. It's like, yeah, he's a professional athlete, but he's still just a guy. Oh, what the hell? Francis totally didn't point out that pothole on the Thursday night ride. Let me get <laughs> me and my 15,000 other followers to light you on fire on Twitter. <laughs> that, would, that would suck. Don't, I, don't do that to me. I don't, I don't want that to happen. Well, yeah, of course, the problem on the NCC Thursday night ride is not so much uh, the potholes as the sandy downhill corners. Watch out for those people. Fun. Um, they are very fun. They're also very sandy and terrifying. <laughs> um, because we treat roads for winter. Uh, yeah, well, that's probably enough said about the the bike throw. And, and another uh, thing about Chris Horner, though, uh-oh. is less about him, but when he... When he was like, I want a Grand Tour. How come nobody wants to pay me lots of millions of dollars a year to win another one, which is definitely what I'm going to do in my 40s. And he had to, like, retire to domestic racing. There were a bunch of, like, people on the internet, let's just call them, who are like, yeah, he's totally going to do great at domestic racing. He's going to win Criterion because he's such a tactical genius. Yeah. And hmm. that doesn't happen. Nope. Yeah. And that's less well, about Chris Horner than it is about you know, people on the Yeah, I mean, there was a lot there. I, I think that if you look at, um, just as long as we're talking about that, uh, he also had a history throughout his international career of like falling off his bike and breaking things, like, like as in like parts of his body. Um, and that just gets to be a liability. 
<laughs> that people aren't willing to take on anymore. Actually, I don't think he's had any major uh, wrecks since he left the Pro Tour, so good for him. That's good. Glad to hear that. Um, but, yeah. Anyway. Uh, right, what, uh, I don't know, what do we have next? Anything, anything next? Anything Anything else to say on uh, Philly? I don't really <coughs> know what happened in the men's race. I, I'm not, I should probably care. I'm not all that certain I do. Women's race. I, I can't. Women's race. <laughs> <coughs> oh, it was just so awesome. I, I just haven't seen, um, the pro part of the problem is, like, I literally can't see, um, the results on the Philly the Philadelphia International Cycling Classic. dot com website. Yeah, that would have to type. Making me work. Putting me to work. <laughs> type it's a very type. warm room that I'm recording in right now, so the it's like making me. I'm like sticking to this chair. I'm gonna get on Twitter and talk about how you can't handle the heat. Get out uh, of the well, kitchen, Greg. That would actually be true. <laughs> I I do very badly in the heat, and supposedly, supposedly small people like me are supposed to do better but uh nope yeah I, I do very very poorly in the heat i burn up like a match yeah this must be why i like cyclocross better than road yes nice and cold except for those really early nice scorchers but that's besides the point oh edward prades for caja rural oh so i, I ahead of travis mccabe and Marco Canola. So there you go. I I didn't know. I didn't know. Uh, yeah, I never anyway. heard of that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's a Spanish guy. Um i he's I mean, you gotta be good to win <laughs> to win Philly. It's not a you know, it's not quite the level it was for the men that that it used to be. But uh it's a hard race. Yep. Very hard race. That it is. So, yeah, and who would know better among us than Francis? <laughs> I have been in the thick of it. Yeah, it's always fun to go downhill in the middle of a pack, spun out in your 5311. And being like, please don't crash. Yeah, praying <laughs> not to die. Yeah, praying, praying to whatever god you pray to. <laughs> That's that's like the big thing. Like, man, crits and like moving up in the pack in a crit at like you know thirty miles per hour. Fine, that's fine. That's not a big deal. But like flying flying downhill, like surrounded by, in my case, like a bunch of cat threes. Um, and I'm like your typical um, self-aggrandizing cat three who's like I'm way better at riding my bike than these clowns. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, because my my worry is is uh, not me so much. It's all these other people yep. around me. Same same with my things. my worry with driving. No worry about myself. I'm worried about all the asshats around me. <laughs> I'll have you know that back in the day, you scared the crap out of me. Uh, yeah, that's your driving. That's accurate. I was terrifying as a sixteen year old. <laughs> Hor very, very horrifying. Scary. My driving was Here's atrocious. Fun, fun, fun story, everyone. Um, the first time I got in the car when Francis was driving, um, God, we were probably going to like roll on America or something. Yes, roller skating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoa, you guys. And uh, it back. Yeah, you know, it was high school. 
<laughs> throw it back. We get in like the Subaru, and I'm like in the front seat, and Francis punches it. <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> down like the down the tiny streets, uh, hilly streets of Fitchburg, um, which are like more holes than pavement. Uh, <laughs> and and I'm just they're like, ah! and of course there's also which I I didn't notice at the time. Is the speedometer doesn't work? I, I, say, <laughs> I remember I say, that car. Francis, do you know how fast you're going? And like completely misunderstanding my question, she 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 steps. I know the exact conversion for RPM, Greg. It's fine. <laughs> God. It's a it's a miracle. Six year old Francis didn't get a thousand speeding tickets. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! And and then I just stopped. I just stopped. <laughs> my saying anything. My goal after like, I got my not... license was literally to go as see how fast I could go on any given road that I was on. <laughs> yeah, and in the post-industrial wasteland that is Fitchburg, Mass. Oh God! Whew. I'm glad I. I'm glad I <laughs> learned my lesson that that is not something to do. <laughs> it's not a thing. <laughs> Well, you know, <laughs> we were all once young. Oh, God. And, uh... I'd look at the speed been... limit on a road and be like, how fast can I go on this road? 25? What about <laughs> 65? Oh, man. Oh, God. Yep. Do as we say, not as we do. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, this is why I'm a biker. Uh, yeah, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, the sad part is it's not like I was, like, super well-behaved. Uh, maybe maybe marginally better behaved than that, but I you know nowadays I I look back to my teenage driving self and I'm just like you dumbass. Yeah, I, I look back <laughs> at my teenage driving self with similar feeling. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, yeah, we're all old and boring now. Mm. Yeah. All right. What what next? Well, Greg, I think that you should tell the story of what happened at the Killington stage race. <laughs> Which part? You mean the part where I cracked like an egg? <laughs> yes. Oh, this is what I. And was what happened after to. that? And the important stuff that happened after. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. So I signed up to do the Killington Stage Race in Killington, Vermont. I thought this would be fun. Um, <laughs> I was feeling pretty good. Uh, yeah. I just think I'm not cut out to be a stage racer, but we'll get out. We'll get to that. You can. Oh, you can be not cut out to be a stage racer. That's fine. But also, I think this is going to be fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. I was feeling I was feeling cautiously optimistic because I had like a decent race the weekend before. After like a month of uh, let's just say the month leading up to uh, Killington did not go as planned. Uh, I just I was sick, and then I had some kind of lingering fatigue where I just I couldn't train at all basically, and and I had allergies, and it was just it was a mess. But then I was like, all right, I'm feeling a little bit better. Let's go do this. And so we go do this, and we're in Vermont. We're, like, in, in north-central Vermont. Um, so we're up there, and all of a sudden, we get to stage one, and it's, like, the hottest day of the year by, oh, gosh, at least 10 degrees? Uh, it, was, it was, like, 90 degrees in the shade, you know? Like, they measure the... <laughs> if you don't know this about the weather, they measure the temperature in indirect sun. Right, so on the road it is much hotter than the posted temperature, the, the official temperature generally. But anyway, so it's like ninety degrees officially. It's probably a hundred degrees on the pavement, and we have seventy-two miles to to do. And I'm thinking, all right, well, I'm gonna go. I'm not gonna do the sprint because the sprint in this this course, which is like a bunch of these eighteen-mile laps, is 
like 50 miles per hour downhill. Um, it's pretty scary. But I thought, eh, I can go for the KOM sprints. There's a KOM sprint every lap. Uh, and, and I feel pretty good about at least being able to try that. We'll see how it goes. And actually, in the first lap, it went pretty well. And I was third in the KOM sprint. Um, I was like, wow, all right, cool. Um, let's go for more of these. And I start going for more of these. And then just on the second the second lap, we make the corner to start the climb. Um, and I'm like, what the crap? My, my hamstrings are starting to cramp. Um, and that was just the start of a very, very bad day. Uh, I didn't do so well on the next lap. Uh, the third time around was even worse because I couldn't, I couldn't pedal anymore. And I got dropped going up the KOM. I just blame the heat. I don't know. So anyway, I'm just like going along in misery and I'm like trying to, trying to get some people to join my struggle bus. I'm feeling very sad for myself because I just can't, I can't go over like the bottom of tempo without cramping up. Um, which is not a good place to be when you still have like 25 miles left to ride mm. <laughs> to finish. It was not awesome. And so eventually I get this little group together. It's me. It's a couple juniors. And I'm like, okay, guys, like, <laughs> like our goal is to survive. Like I'm basically being Mr. Bossy Pants. I mean, like, don't try and ride away from me on the little climbs. Like, don't do that. You're, it's not going to help you. Uh, so we get another guy to join the struggle bus and we're riding along. And just like, it's like, oh, we have a whole lap left. This is going to suck a lot. Uh, but then uh, one of the juniors in the group, because there's, there's a couple of them, tells me, hey, is it all right if I just sit on the back for a little while? And I'm like, sure, yeah, that's, that's fine. What's up? And, and I ask them, are you just um, like really cooked or, or what? And he was like, actually, I'm, I'm feeling pretty sick and dizzy. It's like, uh-oh. Um, and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to check in with you in a little bit. And so we ride along for a little longer and I check in with him again. I'm like, Hey, how's it going? And he's like, yeah, still pretty bad. And the other, the other two guys in the group at this point are riding away. And I was like, look, like, don't worry. Like, I'm going to stay with you. Like, forget about it. It's fine. Um, and we only go a little further before I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. I was like, look, like, you're not feeling any better. Are you? And he's like, no. And I'm like, all right, we're going to stop. Um, and we're going to get you to sit down in the shade and we're going to try and figure something out. Um, cause it was, cause you know, at this point I was just like, I can't like get this kid to keep riding. This is crazy. Um, and he's saying like, well, you know, my, my coach is at the KOM and I can talk to him there. Um, and at this point the KOM is still something like, I don't know, 10 miles away, 11 miles away. Um, so it, maybe not quite that far, but something like that. And eventually we stop and, you know, I've got him off the bike and he's sitting in the shade and he's like, maybe I shouldn't ride all the way to the K web point. I was like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't. In fact, maybe you shouldn't ride at all. And what I ended up doing was uh, going out to the road again and flagging down a gentleman who looked like he was going out fishing or something and got him to load us up in his truck. And he brought us back to start finish, and um, I got the the junior over to, I saw the ambulance and the EMTs and got him to talk to them. I mean, I was, you know, thinking he was probably going to be okay, but it was a good idea to talk to them. Uh, and luckily, one of his team staff was there, and they were able to kind of take custody of him, as it were. 
And uh, so, yeah, and then that was that, basically. What a kind fisherman you found. <laughs> yeah, it was nice of him to stop and give us a ride, especially since it was, like, the opposite direction from where it was going. I just think that it's so easy in a bike race to, like, get caught up in the competition and especially if you're frustrated that you're, you know, in a chase group and you have a long way to go and it's hot and it sucks and, like, forget that someone might be in trouble and you need to take <laughs> care of them. And so I I feel, like, pretty strongly about this and I'm really, like, proud of you and glad that you did that. And, uh, yeah, that's that was the, that was the right move. I agree. That's that's, dan- that's dangerous. Like that, if that kid, if that kid was riding with someone who was like, "Yeah, you just gotta keep going," and he decided to like go hard up a hill, like he could have died. Hey, you don't want to leave him in the middle of nowhere. Like this kid, but like someone suffering from heat exhaustion, could like tip the scales into heat stroke, and that's like serious. That's a very serious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. Thanks. Well, I, I appreciate that. It was. It was. Um... <sighs> it was it was really weird, you know, because I, I felt I felt weird about it. Not like like bad. Like I felt like you know someone's got to be the grown up here and kind of recognize. <laughs> oh crap! It's you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh crap! You're, it's me. You were the grown up. <laughs> and it's funny since I was already like being the grown up. I'm like, okay, guys, like we're gonna rotate. We're gonna do short pulls. You know, we're not gonna go super hard. We're not gonna go harder up the hill. <laughs> You know, we're not going to gap the group. We're going to work together here. <laughs> um, so I was already doing that, and then it was like, well, this is sort of just an extension of that. And it's just, I don't know, it's a recognition of, like, this kid doesn't need to be, like, dropped and left behind in his misery right now. And and then, you know, it just, it, it still took a little bit to recognize, like, all right, actually, like, having having been in that situation of, like, being heat sick, but not to full on heat stroke yet. Like you're not going to start feeling better. It takes hours to feel mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, just finally making that connection, being like, "All right, this is stupid." Like, how old was the kid? Uh, oh, um, gosh, late teens, uh, somewhere between sixteen and eighteen, like a junior, but uh, you know, sixteen to eighteen year old junior, somewhere in there. Um, seemed like a nice kid, quiet, little shy, Canadian. Might have something to do with it. Um, you know, definitely, definitely, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I felt good about it, but it was, it was, it was weird. There was also like this weird sense of part of the reason I felt weird about it was like, there was this weird sense of relief of like, oh, I don't have to complete this lap. <laughs> so that, that was, gets into the, that gets into the other thing that like happened, right? Which is like, okay, you're in a stage race and you didn't finish a stage because you were helping somebody right. get medical attention. Right. And what did the promoters slash officials slash all people do? Well, that's up to the, that's up to the officials. And, mm-hmm. um, I should, I should have done it in the evening, but I was, I don't know. I was super emotional. I was feeling pretty, pretty bad. Uh, cause you know, I had a really rough race and then this other stuff happened that I, I didn't feel bad about helping this kid, but I was like, I'd, I'd stopped and, and anyway, uh, so I, you know, mostly was feeling sorry for myself that evening instead of dealing with it. But the next morning, talked to the officials and, and you know, filed a protest basically saying, I didn't finish, but um, please let me start under the circumstances. And they did. 
they were like, okay, you can be like in last place on GC. <laughs> That's <laughs> By great. like five minutes. Sweet. Uh, and they, they let me start stage two, which was its own adventure in misery and <laughs> sadness. So yeah. Uh, and and that's what happened. So in, in that, I think I think that is, you know, setting aside the fact that it like worked out for me, I think that's appropriate um, under those totally. circumstances. The, the, it's an amateur race. You showed up there to race, and like you didn't not finish because of like not being good enough there. You you made the right move, and there should be no like if I'm in a race and I'm like, oh geez, I think I should maybe help this person, but if I stop to help them and they don't need help, then maybe I'll just like forfeit my race weekend. Like that shouldn't be a decision that somebody makes. You know, you should stop and help somebody, and like if they need help, great. And then like you still get to race your bike, and yeah, you don't get to you know contend for the GC, but you still get to be there and race bike. I totally agree. It kind of it kind of reminds me of like in college when they were like, if you're you know too drunk or on drugs and it's a problem, like you're not going to get in trouble for seeking medical help. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, and it was, it was like you know it's. It, I was also not in contention in any event, so it was kind of like, well, you know, what's the difference? Finish, didn't finish. He's either like way off the back on GC for that reason, or we can relegate him and. Yeah, you know, sort of doesn't doesn't super matter, but yeah, stage stage racing is hard, guys. And if you want, like, maybe if the temperature hadn't so dramatically shifted on uh, the first day, it would have gone better. But I I break down over multiple days pretty badly. <laughs> yeah, sadly, not not a good thing for me. But man, on the first day, that was what killed me. Jeez, it was like, we were like, I don't know, 25 miles into this thing, and I start cramping. I was like, this hasn't happened to me since I was a four. This sucked. I have definitely broken down really early in the heat before. Yeah. Yeah. And it like screwed me for the rest of the weekend, too, because I just like, my muscles were just, like, my hamstrings hurt so bad. Especially and, after, yeah. And it's not about, like, your average power or your TSS. It's about the fact that, like, whatever happened there, like, you were suffering. You, you basically, like, got injured. Yeah, no, I was. I mean, I, I do think, yeah, I was, like, literally injured. Um, And I was able to hang in there for a little while on the second day, but then it's like, man, like, just the level, the level of competition, even at, like, your Cat 3 race at a, at a race like this, is just so high. And that makes it so hard where, you know, if you're not, like, on it, you're just boned. And we hit the first, there's there's basically three KOMs on the second stage, which is, like, 60 miles. And there's, the first one is, like, 20 miles, 25 miles in, and, and that's, like, a 20-minute climb. And then at the end, there's essentially two climbs stacked on top of each other with, like, a kind of rolly nastiness in between them. Uh and the first climb, it's like you hit the bottom of this thing and everyone's going crazy up this really steep climb for five minutes. And then they settle in and there's a, a drafty kind of top part of the climb where it's 
rolling and, and windy and it's like by that point you're already frothing it doesn't matter like i look at my power you know compared to some other people like you know on straw and it's like well yo okay i have the same like power over the course of this entire climb as people who finish this climb like two minutes faster than me because they were able to go harder at the bottom you know <laughs> so it's, so there's all these factors that enter into it and then it's like you're off the back and instead of like hanging out in a group um, you're in a chase group chasing your ass off for 20 miles. And we actually got back into the group. But, uh, yeah, then we hit the second the second climb, and uh, that was it. I've had a race. Yeah. You, yeah feel and like, then it's oh, like, you feel so accomplished for, like, chasing and getting back on, and then something else happens, and you're like, yeah, okay, but I'm burnt. I'm totally Yeah, you're screwed. blown. You're just go- and then it's like, oh, it looks like I'm doing this climb at, like, high zone two, because I literally can't push the pedals any harder than that. Yeah. Which is incredibly demoralizing. <laughs> like, yeah. like, wow! I am literally eighty watts down on on what I should be able to do. <laughs> <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> what a good feeling! So yeah, I like how this this episode starts with Francis being like, "Yeah, I raced this like friggin' pro tour race," and then we're like, "Yeah, we have all these like experiences of getting destroyed by." Three races. I mean, I also got destroyed in that pro tour race. <laughs> so, all boils down to the same thing: getting your ass kicked. Yes, yeah. getting your ass kicked. So, yeah. In conclusion, I suck at stage racing. I can go pretty hard for an hour and a half, uh, and after that, I'm pretty toasted most of the time, um, and I feel bad about myself. But no, no, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna be all right. I'll be all right. But it was uh, it was depressing to have my my A race go that way. But I feel good. I feel I, I'm glad I helped someone. I got to talk to that young man um, the next day. Actually, uh, he spotted me in the parking lot and came over, and I was like, "Hey, how you doing?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm good." You know, so he he felt better. He drank a lot of water and uh, kind of spent a lot of time lying down. I presume feeling sorry for himself because that's kind of what happened to me when I got exhaustion one time yep uh i'm sure he was grateful though he was he was grateful he said thank you um you know he was a little bit of you know awkward kid but i i i relate to that um i was an awkward kid um he seems like a nice and conscientious young man and uh he'll be back so it's all good yeah i i uh, Maybe it's a good opportunity. Public service announcement. Um, if you're feeling dizzy and weak and sick, uh, you're headed towards heat stroke. If you keep pushing yourself. Stop pushing yourself. Can't push um, it. Don't. don't push through it. Because it's, it's just... It really does take from that point, once you have an elevated core temperature like that, um, it really does take quite a while to start feeling better. Like you can't kind of ride along slowly and feel better. Generally speaking, um, you need to in that. Yeah. Which means stopping entirely. And when, when I had the experience in, in by the way, because I mentioned hydration that he was drinking water. Hydration actually is not, doesn't have a lot to do with it. Um, this is kind of a myth. People seem to think that drinking water is, is sort of like, that the water is kind of like coolant in like a radiator. Um, it's not. It doesn't work that way. That's not how your body works. 
dehydration is is a problem at the point where you're so hot and your body's been working so hard to try to cool you off that you actually run out of sufficient water to like sweat and that's when you're in serious serious danger but you can be very sick before well before that um and you know we, there are plenty of examples of pe people in marathons in particular drinking too much to the point that they get hyponatremia you know water poisoning um so it really is if if, if you're overheating drinking more water isn't going to cool you down um pouring some water on yourself might help but you need to stop so stop and it's serious business like in i always know that like in the fall spring something every year at some point there are always stories about like teenagers like doing high school football and that whole like push through the discomfort mentality means that they push themselves when they need to rest and some like kids die of heat stroke every year and that's Ugh. That shouldn't happen. No, it should not. No, it should not. Be excellent to yourself. Be excellent to yourself. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. Anything else? Not like that. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm out of stuff. Out of stuff. I need to go eat my actual dinner. I'm gonna eat uh, second dinner. <laughs> second dinner. All <laughs> I've had. All I've had. I got back from my train ride where I went up. I went up Blue Hills um, in two-minute slices of misery. Uh, that was that was painful, and and then I got home and I had um, like one of those Ted King waffles, maple syrup waffles, nice, and, and like some protein shake stuff <laughs> because I'm trying to be Mr. Bike Racer that does that that crap <laughs> for recovery with capital R, and and that's all I've had. Sounds like you need some dinner. I need some dinner. I need some dinner. All right, everybody. Before we go, um, should remind you all that you're listening to us on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head on over there. Listen to some of the other shows. Uh, you know, Slow Ride Podcast, um, the Meyerson Line, Crosshairs Radio. That stuff. Give it a listen. And if you like the show, you know. We're always going to be here giving you this. Well, I mean, not always. Like the heat death of the universe looms eventually. But you know, as as long as we um, are doing the show, it will be available for free. But you know, if you want to support us, um, that you know, that'd be fine. Uh, and thank you to those of you who already have. And thank yes, of course. Thank you to those of you who already had. So so head on over there. You can become a member. Uh, you can make donations to either our show, which you know, honestly, is preferable. <laughs> or to the other shows or to the network as a whole. So please consider doing that. Um, but if you don't want to do that, that's fine. That's fine. We still love you. Uh, also, if you don't want to do that, but you want to help us, you know, say as an alternative, if if you say, you know what, I just don't want to be a member. I can't afford it. Uh, what you can do is go to iTunes and review the show. Uh, give us a rating. Leave a review. Francis will read it in a funny voice. I will. I still um, intend to do that. Yes, that will happen. That will happen. Uh, we're just recording this right after releasing the last one, um, where we first in enticed you to do that. So, so do that. There will be a reward, and um, we will be grateful because it helps get the show out to more people. So consider that your alternative. You can either give us money or you can leave us a review. Those are your choices. <laughs> or else. <laughs> or else. <laughs> or I'll hold my breath. 
until I die. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's really hard to do that. <laughs> It'll be a long wait, but with our bi-weekly release schedule. It's like those kid arguments. If you don't let me do this, I am just going to stop going to the bathroom. <laughs> Kids sure know how to make a threat. <laughs> a serious threat. <laughs> Very serious threat. All right, well, until next time, uh, I'm Greg. I'm Francis. I'm Maddie. Oh, Damn it. Guys, it was, guys, that was my we had fault. a system. I thought we were in the system where I go second. We were. Francis goes second. Second. All right. <laughs> Try it again. And I'm Matteo. I'm Greg. I'm Francis. And I'm Matteo. This has been the Honest Bicycle Program. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. Good night. Goodbye. <laughs>